Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm always love digging and treasure hunts. You see, when I was a kid, I used to dig my backyard in search of ancient treasure. Mind you, I lived in Iowa, so the chances of finding anything were slim to none. But I had a vivid imagination and thought maybe the ancestors of my ancestors or native people from the land I now lived on would have buried incredible riches in my backyard. It was so bad that my parents ultimately gave up having a backyard for a few years because I'd just end up destroying it, and everyone thought I would end up an archaeologist or something, what with my passion for digging. I think I stopped digging around aimlessly at about 11, when my dad bought me a metal detector for the first time. It wasn't the best machine, but I took it with me every time we went out somewhere new and I knew I was allowed to dig. But my favorite places to dig and explore had always been the beach. Now, Iowa isn't exactly known for its beaches, but we visited my grandparents in South Carolina every year, and I loved going to the beach. The Blue Sea, reminiscent of so many pirate tales, was fueling my kiddo brain with thoughts of hidden booty under the white sand. And this hobby, well, it followed me into adulthood, And when I lived in South Carolina myself, I went to the beach as much as I could, and I've explored most of South Carolina's coastline, but I also try to find hidden beaches whenever I can. Which brings us to the reason we are here. I was about 26 years old, I was shaped like a statue of David, tanned like a Hollywood actor, Hell, I spent most of my free time going from beach to beach, scanning and digging, scanning and digging. I no longer had my dad's first metal detector. See, I bought myself some expensive equipment. Was it worth it? Well, most would say no. I didn't really ever find anything exciting, except for that one time I found an army insignia dating back to the beginning of the 1900s. I sold it for about $100 at a pawn shop, which the guy later sold it for a thousand or something. Now, I didn't mind since I just loved digging and finding things. The value of it never mattered much to me. But also, I'm not a collector, so whenever I found something that I thought had some value, I just sold it and was done with it. I most likely lost a ton of money not checking the worth of things, but I was just happy finding stuff. So anyway, here I was. I was exploring a local beach in South Carolina on a beautiful sunny day. There were unsupervised kids splashing water near the shoreline, careless mothers working their tan lines, and fathers sharing beers and grilling hot dogs as well as a bunch of teens enjoying the sun and being generally loud and obnoxious. It was a typical beach day on an average beach. 
I was about halfway done with the detection of this beach when my metal detector started beeping frantically for maybe the fifth time that day. I hoped I wasn't going to unearth my umpteenth beer can pop top. Now, while I liked cleaning the beach, even a fake piece of jewelry would have been more interesting to see than a good old pop top. So I put my detector on the sand, I grabbed my shovel, and I started digging. Most cheap metal detectors won't really go past a few inches into the ground, but I invested in a Garrett AT Pro, so I could go a little bit deeper and not mine the salt water. After digging about a foot, I hit something hard. I started digging around it and eventually pulled out what looked like an egg with weird engravings upon it. I shook it, but considering its weight, it was probably some sort of decorative iron egg. It was fairly heavy, maybe two to three pounds, and the egg was about seven inches tall by five inches wide. I shoved it in my bag and decided to bring it back home, unsure of what I would do with it. I mean... It looked great, though. I could always put it in my strange discovery shelf. That's what I thought, at least. So, a few months pass. I had completely forgotten about the thing. It was there, on a shelf, between a strange iron trinket I thought looked nice, and a soldier figurine that dates back to the early 1900s. Or, I'm pretty sure, anyway. And then, one morning... I woke up to a strange whining sound. I never found the source of that noise, but as I looked around the house, I saw that the egg was broken. I thought nothing much of it. Maybe it didn't like the air in my house, or maybe it wasn't metal after all. Maybe, for all I know, it just up and broke on its own because it was old. I mean, who knows, really. And so as I picked up the pieces, my fingers came across something wet and a bit sticky. I looked at the piece, and there was a weird, slightly warm reddish fluid coating the inside of the broken egg. A bit like jello. Now I was puzzled and brought it to my nose, but it didn't have a particular scent. It actually smelled a bit like iron, though it looked nothing like it. Just a faint metallic smell, and that weird, sticky, slimy texture. I cleaned up my shelf, I replaced my happy discoveries, and I promptly threw the remnants of the egg in the trash. I classified this as a case closed in my head, and I went about my day as if nothing happened. I went to work, came home, I ate dinner, I spent my evening watching some dumb reality TV show. I showered and I went to sleep. A routine, a strange cracked egg wouldn't break. Until it did break it, at two in the morning, with a high-pitched whining that would even wake the sleeping beautiful princess from Disney, which I forgot the name of. I mean, trust me, a princess wouldn't need a kiss with how eardrum shattering that noise was. So I stood up immediately. I remember yelling, what the hell, at my apparently empty room until my eyes adjusted to the darkness and my brain activated again. At the edge of my bed, there was something. I couldn't make out what it was, but it had a tail and a strange shape 
So at first, I thought it was a lizard. Those little bastards are everywhere down here. So I reached for the baseball bat I kept by my bedside, then quickly turned on the lamp on the night table. By the time I turned around, whatever was there was now gone. I spent two hours looking for that bastard, never once letting go of my bat. I'm used to lizards, but this one was a bit bigger than I was used to, and I wanted that thing out of my house. But still, you know, a man can only have so much motivation at four in the morning after searching for about two hours. And so I got back under the covers and grumbled under my breath that I would find it in the morning. But I didn't. And I foolishly assumed that it was because it left from where it came. That same night, I was woken up again by that high-pitched whining. This time, though... I was ready for it. I turned on the light first, then grabbed the bat. And I still remember how I felt, even though it's been a decade. But what I saw scared the crap out of me. It had the body of a lizard, alright, with a long scaly tail that curled behind its back. But its head was nothing like that kind of lizard you would find in South Carolina. You see, the sheer size of its head made the rest of the body look grotesquely small, and it made me wonder how it could even keep its head up. It had facial features similar to that of a human. It had no ears, though, or hair, but scales going from the lizard part of its body to the edge of the cheekbones. It had a chin and a portion of a forehead. And then it just kind of smiled at me. And I almost threw up. Almost like a caricature of an anglerfish, it reveled two rows of perfectly white needle-like teeth. I swear it was smiling at me because a second later, it came at me as I was jumping out of my bed. Now I tried to slam my baseball bat down on its head, but it jumped to my wall and then toward me. Now... <laughs> I don't know where I got those mad ninja reflexes, and maybe it was just my adrenaline, but I managed to avoid it by taking a quick step to my right. It smashed against my window, leaving a crack as it bounced back toward me. I avoided it again, and it landed on my dresser. And that's where I got it. As I prepared to jump again, I slammed my bat against it, sending it flying back into my mirror. It shattered it to pieces, and the thing fell upon my dresser again, where I hid it repeatedly until there was a weird, gooey mess and my dresser was painted with its blood. Fortunately, it was made of wood, so I didn't end up breaking it, but I did leave a massive dent on its surface. I admit, I didn't think much about the dresser when smashing this thing to bits, though. So, imagine me. Standing there, bat in hand, shaking like an enraged chihuahua in my boxers and tank top for a good five minutes before the shock finally wore out. And then I cleaned up the mess, took a long, warm shower, I drank an Arizona tea, and I tried to go back to sleep about four in the morning again hoping my nerves settled down enough to allow me at least a few hours of rest. I'd already decided I was not going to go into work that day, 
but I still wanted to catch some Z's if possible. Now obviously, even with the adrenaline gone, I couldn't get that ugly face out of my head. And that smile, just thinking about it, had goosebumps covering my skin. Hell, even today, ten years later, I still shiver thinking about that. But the night was far from done, and this creature was not the only one. As I was drifting off, another loud, high-pitched whining tore through the atmosphere. It was even louder than the ones I'd heard that night and the night before. It was so intense it had me clutching my head and yelling to try and fight back the sound. I felt like my eardrums were about to shatter, and frankly, they tore a little because by the time that thing was done screaming at me, my ears were bleeding. And once more, one of these creatures stood at the end of my bed, but this one was ten times the size of the other one. A toddler-sized creature that drooled over my covers and whose whining was deafening. Despite being half awake, I knew that if this one was as fast and bouncy as the other, my bat wouldn't do a thing. I don't know what got to me. Probably fear. But I screamed. Alexa, code 000, destruct zero. And instantly, my Alexa replied, alerting the creature to it. It was enough of a distraction for the monstrous beast to rush at my Alexa and forget about me for a second. It gave me enough time to roll out of bed and grab the shotgun I kept under it. It was loaded. I mean, I always keep it loaded. In a matter of seconds, I was standing up and shooting at that thing. It was busy gnawing at my Alexa with its sharp teeth. It still took more than one shell to take it down. On the first, it whined loudly again, making my head spin. However, after that first creature who tore my eardrums, it was nothing I couldn't handle. Also, with the blood filling my ears, this one hurt a little less, and for a second I thought maybe I would be permanently deaf after that. But I pumped the shotgun and shot again, this time right in its throat to make sure it couldn't whine again, but much to my dismay. It whined again, loud and bubbly as blood welled up in the back of its throat. But it wasn't dead yet. After one shot in the belly and one shot in the throat, it was still moving. It was twitching weakly, but it was still coming at me, with rage in its eyes and blood-stained teeth ready to tear my legs off. So I knew I didn't have any more shells, so I closed the distance myself and slammed the butt of the gun against its head repeatedly. It whined after each hit, but I kept hitting it. I kept slamming it to the ground until its head was the same consistency as what I found in the cracked egg. Slimy, sticky, jelloey. My heart was hammering in my chest, adrenaline pumping thick through my system. I had the creature's blood all over my legs and the bottom of my top, but I didn't care. I kept hitting that thing even though I knew it was dead. I kept hitting until my arms were about to fall off, and considering how the creature's back legs were twitching, I could only assume that it was dead. Now I eventually fell on my butt, my back against the wall, as I tried to catch my breath. 
I think I sat there for about an hour, covered in cold sweat and beast blood. I felt nauseous and dizzy. My heart was thumping so loud in my ears that my head was spinning just as much as that creature's whining. I called off to work, went to the clinic. My eardrums were not shattered, but had multiple tears, and I was instructed to take it easy for a week. I went back home with some medication and spent a good portion of my morning cleaning up the mess. And I debated for quite a while about contacting the local authorities. But now that the head was smashed to bits, it only looked like an oversized lizard. I mean, no one would believe me, and I thought I'd endured enough. I just wanted to put this all behind me. My house in South Carolina was for sale by the end of that day, and I was moving temporarily into a local motel. I sold my residence less than a week later and I moved back to Iowa, to the great satisfaction of my parents. I never told them the story, just like I never told the doctor who examined me what nearly made me deaf. But I still can't sleep a full night. Ten years later, mind you. Every night at around two in the morning, I'm haunted by the shrill whining of this creature. Every night I wake up in a cold sweat and reach out for a gun that I keep on my night table. No matter how many quacks I meet, how many therapists I've followed, that sound haunts me every night. And I know it's real, because other people hear it as well. <laughs>